Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Is electronic heated gear for deer hunting a fad or the future? Well, today we're going to dig in deep. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. And today we are going to dig in on the subject of electronic heated hunting gear. All right, this has been something that's been growing year after year. It's becoming more and more prevalent. More companies are getting involved in making products in this category from gloves to socks, to pants, to bibs, to coats, to jackets, to vests. Uh, there's probably a hat out there. I haven't seen one yet, but it's probably out there. Even waders, if you're a waterfowl hunter. We're talking mostly about deer hunting today, however, because I don't know that electronic or I don't know that electricity and water mix real well. But is this stuff the real deal? Is it useful for deer hunters? Maybe more importantly, is it worth it for deer hunting? Now, what this all comes down to is a desire to stay warm when it's cold, right? Super simple. Everybody can understand it. That is the niche that they're trying to fill. Now, the first question that we need to assess before we get into this particular gear is why are you cold when you're hunting? It is not an obvious question with an obvious answer. Why are you cold? What is making you cold? You might say, well, George, it's cold outside. Thus, I am cold. Well, obviously, yeah, but that's not really the problem. If you're thinking about electronic gear, there's a bigger question and a bigger answer here. All right, what is it that is causing you to be cold? Do you have a gear deficiency? And when I ask that question, I don't mean, you know, are you using Sitka gear or uh, are you using cheap gear? No, do you have a deficiency in the layers and the type of gear, not the brand of gear, not the quality of gear, but are you using the right type of gear? All right, so for example, are you hunting on windy days and you find yourself just getting super duper cold? Well, are you using a windproof layer in order to keep the wind from cutting through and sucking all your heat out? Are you doing that? If you're not doing that, well, then we have an obvious answer as to what's making you cold. On the other side of the coin, 
Is it just a cold day? And you sit there and you're okay for a while and then you get cold. Well, are you wearing decent base layers that are wicking moisture away from you, holding heat in, moving that to a good mid-layer, which is then going to evaporate that moisture while still retaining heat, and then you have an outer layer of some kind, windproof or not, depending on the day, do you have a good gear system? It doesn't have to be an expensive gear system, but are you using the right kind of layers to keep yourself warm in regular hunting conditions? A lot of people, I think, they jump right to extreme uh, pieces of gear, extreme action, extreme spending, and their bigger problem is that they're just not using the right kind of gear. Now, I have done lots of episodes about this. I've talked about this on the YouTube channel also. This is a big subject. I talk about gear with some regularity because every time you go out, you're using it. And so to me, this is one of my passion areas that I study a lot, that I'm interested in, that just speaks to me. And so maybe I go deeper here than the average person would. But the first question is, what's making you cold? All right, does your gear appropriate for the way you're hunting. For years, I hunted and I got cold feet, super cold feet, painfully cold feet. I had to cut hunts off early because my feet were so cold. Well, I was using uninsulated hiking boots in cold to very cold conditions. It's no wonder that my feet were ridiculously cold. I did not have the right gear. I also didn't have ideal socks. I wasn't wearing wool or merino wool, and I'd start sweating coming in, and then they, my cotton socks would lose all their insulative capabilities, and then I'm not wearing any insulated boots, and then the wind blows, and it's just disaster. So it was no wonder why my feet were cold, because I was just not dressing properly. All right, I didn't have an insulated boot. I didn't have a windproof or wind-resistant boot. I didn't have a water-resistant boot. I wasn't wearing decent socks. And so no wonder I was cold. I didn't need to go and look for extreme solutions. I just needed to buy a decent pair of boots. And I bought a few decent pairs of boots since, and my foot situation has greatly improved. Now, say you do have the appropriate kind of gear. Maybe you're doing things that are compromising your ability to stay warm. Maybe you're hiking in with all your gear on and you're sweating. And by the time you get there, you're soaking wet. At which point it is an uphill battle for even the best gear on the planet to get you dry and keep you warm. Maybe you need to change your tactics. Maybe that would make all the difference in the world. I've known people, they hike in, they climb their tree. They sit for 15 or 20 minutes until they start to get cold, and then they change their clothes standing in the tree. They literally bring an extra set of clothes. They take off some or all of their layers, change clothes in the tree, and then they're good to go. And you know what? That's not the way I would do it, but it works for them. And they've figured out that's been their problem. And so they've come up with a somewhat unorthodox solution, but it's effective and they're happy with it. So more power to them. What are you doing? Maybe your strategy or the way you're going about it is compromising your ability to hunt. All right. Not having a windproof layer on cold, windy days. That's obvious. Maybe your hands are cold. Are you wearing windproof gloves? You know, you just, these are the kind of things to think about first 
Do you have the appropriate gear to hunt in the conditions that you are hunting in? You know, other things that might be contributing to you being cold. Maybe you're not eating properly. All right, going out on an empty stomach, not eating all day, and then getting cold go hand in hand. Your body needs calories to turn into heat. It does make a difference if you are fed and you're eating decently well. Now, some people go to the other extreme. They wake up an hour early. They make a huge breakfast of eggs and bacon and everything else, and they eat 2,000 calories for breakfast, and then they go out for the day. That would just make me probably have to go to the bathroom early in the morning. Um, I'm not so big on that approach. And if I'm going out for a morning sit, I typically won't eat breakfast because I don't want to start all those biological processes moving. However, I will not sit all day without eating. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. If it's the middle of the rut sometime where I'm going to do an all-day sit, I will most certainly eat. I will bring food. I will be glad to eat that food too. And once you start getting cold, they say, well, you know, it's too late at that point. There's nothing you can do. Well, yes and no. All right, sometimes in the middle of the day comes around, it warms up, the sun hits you, starts to warm you up, you eat some food, you can actually turn that thing right around. But if it's a cold, windy, bleak day, you're not going to warm up just by sitting there and eating something. You got to do more than that. You got to get up and move probably in order to get your, your core temperature up and gain you some some additional time out there. However, if you move too much, you start sweating, which will make you colder once you land. Oh, it's a vicious cycle. So regardless though, if you have a good strategy and you have a good set of gear and you've got the basics covered and you're still cold, now let's talk. All right. Now let's consider some high-tech solutions. You guys have sent me a number of emails asking me questions about different things and some things in this area. You know, super interesting. Um, I've had a number of people that have gotten spam emails 
that said they came from me, right? They had my name on them and they're like, hey, could you give me a call real quick at this number or could you uh, send me something or upload something to this link or whatever it is, trying to get them to, to click on it or call the number and it's a scam. It's not from me. If you look at the email address, it's not from me. It's from some scam email address, but they've got my name there. And so I want you guys just, if you've ever reached out to me or do in the future and something like that happens, always check the email address to see who it's from. And not just me, but do that for anybody that sends you an email that sounds even the slightest bit off center. Like, wait a minute, did this really come from the person? Because what happens is that scammers and different software and maybe bad cookies and things that have gotten embedded in your browser or extensions or other things, or even more prevalent than that, is you're on a public network and your security has been compromised. And what's happening is the bad guys are reading your address book now, there's not a human being sitting there doing this. It's an algorithm. It's a program. But it reads your address book. It reads your incoming emails. It reads the, the names of the emails sitting in your inbox when it scans it, whether that's um, through the email system itself or just visually scanning what you're seeing and then pulling those data points together in order to send you spam messages that look like they're coming from people in your mailbox or in your contact list, but it's not. It's a scam. And that is something that the sponsor of this podcast episode, Aura, is able to help you prevent. Aura is a multi-purpose digital security and identity theft protection software. They provide some 20 services, such as a super simple VPN. People don't realize sometimes that whenever you use a public or non-secure Wi-Fi network, that you are putting yourself at serious privacy risk. All right, it's not necessarily people are just going to hack into your device or your computer or your phone and, and steal your money. It's that they're able to get data points that they can then leverage and use against you. This is one example. Email contact names that they'll try to use to scam you. There are many other examples. They get some of your personal information, enough of it. They can make phone calls pretending to be you. When verification is asked for, they can give your personal details. And people can end up doing things like taking out loans in your name. And worse... It's crazy stuff. So you want to have a VPN if you're using unsecure networks. You want to have antivirus software, not just on your computer, but on your mobile. And Aura does all of that. They also continuously scan the web and the dark web looking for breaches of your data, your information, your passwords, just like they helped me discover one within minutes of set of signing up where I actually, my Google account was compromised, which owns my YouTube channel. And if it hadn't been for them, we could have been a day away from being hacked and losing the entire YouTube channel, losing my Gmail account, losing a bunch of other stuff too that's kind of important. 
but Aura enables you to protect and safeguard all of that. They can monitor your finances. So if you have shady transactions, small or large, go through. They can alert you immediately to get those frozen, to get those reversed, to plug the gaps that are letting people in. And they can protect your children's identity. They can keep spam out of your mailbox, spam out of your inbox, spam out of your text messages, spam out of your phone calls. They've got 20 plus different services and it all starts at $12 a month. But with my discount code, you can sign up for a free two-week trial. The only way to get the free trials with my code and you can sign up for two free weeks and one, they will immediately scan the entire internet to see if your privacy or your data or your financial records have been compromised and they will enable you to fix that right away. You don't have to pay a penny to do that. You can do that immediately as soon as you sign up for the free week trial, the free two week trial, it costs you nothing. So I would encourage you guys, give Aura a try for free. I wouldn't have tried it if it wasn't free. And I am so glad that I tried it for free. I really, really am. And I would encourage you guys, if you only do it for two weeks, do it. Get the value. Get the benefit. Sign up for that free trial. Do it right now. You can go to my website, newhuntersguide.com. Go to the About tab and click Aura. It'll take you to my link, or you could just type in right now, aura.com, A-U-R-A.com slash N-H-G for New Hunter's Guide. Aura.com slash N-H-G. But just head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. You go to the show notes for this episode, or you just go to the About button, and the first link on the About list in the navigation is Aura. You just click it. That's all you need to do. It'll take you right to the page to get your free two-week trial. If you're going to try it, please use my code because it's the only way it helps the channel. Thank you, Aura. All right. Now back to this high-tech solution that we now have for hunting gear. All right. I got into this a couple seasons back. Um, it was time. I'd been watching it for so long, decided, all right, now we're going to jump in. Now's a good time to do it. Let's see what happens. And what I have learned is it's a mixed bag. All right. That's the bottom line. Spoiler alert. It's a mixed bag. Now, if you're cold and you have all the right gear, which I do at this point in my hunting career, thank God. I've got all the right gear for all the the, the major types of weather that I hunt in on a regular basis. I have a solid set of gear now, finally. But there are still times when I am cold. All right, it's no secret. There are still times when I'm cold. Now, um, that's for a variety of reasons. Sometimes I hunt when it's really, really cold. More often than that, I mean, I've got a super insulated, windproof, waterproof parka. I mean, really high-end, high-quality stuff. You're like, how could you still get cold? Well, the biggest thing is sometimes I just don't want to put that much gear on, and I go out maybe a layer light from what I probably should, or I've got to cover a lot of distance, and I don't want to wear that heavy parka. And I don't feel like packing it in, so I wear lesser layers uh, in order to make it easier to walk in, to not have to carry so much, to not be overheated, or you just don't feel like putting all this heavy gear on. 
All right, maybe in the morning it's going to be real cold, but then it's going to warm up. Or maybe it starts warm, but then it's going to get really cold. And you just feel like, ah, I'll just be a little bit chilly. It'll be fine. And so a lot of it is self-inflicted. However, there are still days when I go out and it's seven degrees. And it's like, no matter what I do, I'm still going to get cold. My hands are going to get cold or my feet are going to get cold. And then that's going to spread eventually if I'm out there long enough and it's windy. It just, you know, you reach a point where even good gear can only do so much. And so what I have started to do is to test and augment my gear with the heated hunting gear. And like I said, mixed results. So I'm going to start with what I think is the single most practical layer. And that is the socks. All right. I think heated socks are really, really valuable. But they're not all created equal. The cheap ones can be really lousy. Um, You know, you can feel wires and stuff that you're walking on. It hurts. I've I've, I've had a pair where... I actually have to wear a sock under my heated socks to keep from it hurting when I walk because of all the garbage that you're stepping on. But they're cheap, and that's what you get. Better ones are just that they're better. So if you're going to ante up and you're going to pay the money to get some, some heated socks, I don't think it's worth doing unless you get a really good pair. What does a really good pair look like? All right, well, there are a couple of brands out there. I can remember none off the top of my head, but there are a couple of real legacy, long-term brands that make them. Not many. And then you have a thousand other rotating brands on Amazon, different name, different year. You've got probably at any given moment, a hundred different socks being sold by different brands that are all made in the same factory from China. All right. And I'm not opposed to that necessarily, but you got to look at the quality of what you're getting. If they're $40 a pair, they're lousy. All right, they're just going to be lousy. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages. Things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, MidwayUSA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And so what makes a good heated sock? Well, number one thing that I've found is you must have a remote control. You've got to have a remote to turn them off on or to change the power levels. That could be a little like a key fob some of them come with, or it could be Bluetooth and you control it from your phone. 
A lot of the other ones, they just have little buttons on them that you've got to tap. And what I've found is when it's cold enough to wear these socks, I got enough layers on or I got high boots on, I cannot find that button. I, I, don't, I push the button two, three, five, 17 times. I don't know if it's on, if it's on hot, it's on cold, it's on medium. I don't know if their battery's dead. I know nothing and it sucks. All right, so if they don't have some sort of remote control capabilities, just don't buy it. Don't spend your money on it. It's not worth it. They're lousy. Now, most of the time, you're not going to be able to try them on before you buy them. You're almost always going to be ordering them online, and so you can't tell if they're comfortable. But the better they are, the more comfortable they're going to be most of the time, and always check the reviews. The next thing is, what are they made out of? What is the material? If they're made out of cotton, don't buy them. They're made by idiots. All right, cotton is the worst sock material on planet Earth for cold weather anything. Your feet are always moist. All right, almost always. As soon as you put the socks on, your feet begin to get moist. You walk into the hunting spot, they're going to be moist. If you're wearing decent gloves, your feet are going to sweat, they're going to be moist, and cotton instantaneously loses its ability to produce heat or to hold heat. Say they're electric, well, okay, great. The little electric splotches, those will be warm, but uh, the whole rest of the sock is just going to suck the heat out of your body. Don't buy cotton. Polyester of some variety is better, but if you can find merino wool heated socks, that's the holy grail. And there is a company or two that makes them, and they're not cheap at all. But those are going to be the best of the best. You could spend easily $100 to $150 on a good pair of thick merino uh, heated socks. Those are going to be the best. Next thing to consider is the battery life. Now, they all are going to say different things. It's a ridiculous marketplace. They're going to say two hours, six hours, eight hours, or four hours, 10 hours, 20 hours, depending on what setting they're on and all of that. Half of that is just bogus garbage nonsense. All right. It, they're, they're not going to do what they say they're going to do. Or those hours are based on fictional information. Some of them, you put it on low, that's as, almost the same as off. And so, yeah, it might, might last for 20 hours on low, but it'll last for 20 hours off too. And so that doesn't, that doesn't help you at all. All right. You need to, you, you, that information is almost useless. The better thing to look at is how much power is in the battery. All right, if they're 2,000 milliamps, they are tiny little buggers. 3,000 is better, 3,500 is better, 5,000 is great. All right, it's, just, it's the same as a cell phone battery. Same material, usually, of course, they have to be rechargeable these days. Um, they're almost all rechargeable. But the more power you have, the more heat they will give you and the longer they will last on low to medium options in order to give you prolonged heat. And these tips I'm giving you for socks, guys, they apply across the board to everything else. But the socks, I think, are the most nuanced. So it's a good example. Um, so you want more battery power per sock. Some of them will say, oh, we've got 5,000 milliamps in the set. You're like, wait, what? So they're 2,500 each right there. It's, it's just, it's all marketing. It's all spin. Half of it's a lie. The other half means nothing. All right. Especially when you're on Amazon. Oh, you almost can't believe anything that's there. But 
So you want to have more power because more power will produce more heat or more time at lower heat. Then they'll give you temperature ratings. Uh, it's garbage. It's just garbage. Don't even, don't be swayed by any of that. It really doesn't mean anything. Um, at the end of the day, none of that matters. You will figure out once you get them and put them on if you want to leave them on high heat, medium heat, low heat, or if they have other settings or some you can almost set any percentage you want. The better they are, the better they'll be. The more you spend, if you if you go for one of the quality brands that's not just a one-year Amazon brand and then you can never find them again, if you get a quality company that's been making these for years and you pay up and you get merino wool and you get some 5,000 amp packs and they're rechargeable and uh, you know all the other things, they're going to work better. They're going to provide the most possible heat. So what I have found in general is that if you get the cheap socks, you're better off with just wearing good merino wool socks with hot hands in your boots. They're just better off. Um, on the other side, if you get good ones, they can be really nice. The sock ought to be warm by itself. And you get some good wool or merino wool electric heated socks, they will be warm when just by wearing them. And then you can turn on the power when you get cold. Now, what I've found is, depending on the day, if it's a cold morning, once I get to my spot and I start to cool down and normalize my temperature, that's when I'll turn my socks on, maybe medium or low. And I'm trying to keep my feet from ever getting cold. And this applies to everything else. All right, the, the, the electric gear is rarely going to provide enough heat to warm you back up once you've reached the brink of freezing. It's just not enough power. They're cell phone batteries. They're, 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 it's not a car battery. They just don't have enough power to do that job. And so um, the best thing they can do is keep you from getting cold. Keep you warm longer and take the edge off of the cold. So I like to wear them in and then as soon as I you know the extra heat from walking in dissipates I'm turning them on low or medium in order to just try to stay warmer longer the other pieces of gear okay I've got a nice soft shell jacket that's water resistant um, that that is heated and has nice heat packs in it and what I've found is that thing puts off some nice heat um, it feels good. It feels real nice and cozy. You get in, you get settled in, you sit down, you, uh, you know, you wait a half hour, then you turn this thing on. It feels real good. However, the jackets I have found to be really limited um, because I'm not wearing a jacket on the coldest days, which is when I need the heated gear the most. The jacket is like for those days when it's going to be 45 in the morning and then 70 at noon. And I'll come in, I'll turn that jacket on so I don't have to wear heavier layers in the morning. And then by noon, I just turn off the power or the batteries run out by then anyway. And so um, the jackets are nice for that kind of a thing where I wear a jacket instead of a parka so I can have some extra heat in the coldest part of the day. And then once it warms up and the battery dies, then I'm fine. 
Um, you know, like the pants, similar thing. Bibs, similar thing. Um, pretty much the, the story across the board on this stuff is it can help save you a layer or it can help you keep your heat a little longer. But what I've found is most of the time I'm making um, gear compromises to use the heated gear. I'm making compromises to use the gear. So I'm wearing the heated jacket, but I may have other jackets and coats that are warmer, but they're not heated. And well, yeah, these ones are heated, so they've got some more heat in the front, in the back, and maybe in the arms, but it's a colder jacket overall. So is that really helping me stay warmer? Ah, it's a tough equation to balance. The one piece that I've really have become a decent fan of are the heated vests. Because the vest I can just add as an extra layer, even under my heaviest parka on the coldest day period, and then I can just use that to help in, in the same way that I've already mentioned. And the vests are really nice in that regard. All right. Uh, and if you're an archery hunter, the vests are even nicer because you don't add any bulk to your arms. Now, the same way you don't add as much heat to your arms, but it's core warmth. And oftentimes archery hunters are... Uh, sacrifice, sacrificing arm warmth for mobility and their arms are going to be cold one way or another and they're probably the most frequent wearers of vests trying to keep the core heat up while, while you know sacrificing the arms or whatever maybe use a hand warmer muff to keep your hands and your forearms warmer but uh, the heated vests are really nice because you could wear it like a regular vest you can wear it in addition to all the other layers you were planning on wearing on those days. And then you can make use of that extra heat. You've got your outer parka on on top of that or your outer coat or your outer jacket that is going to help hold that heat and keep that heat inside. I never wear the vest as an outer layer. I could. There's no reason not to per se, but I always wear it as an inner layer on cold days. So I've got a layer over top that's going to help keep that heat in, trap every volt of that heat in my ecosystem in order to help keep me warm and uh, to just give me better odds at, at beating the cold. And so, um, you know, all these different kind of things. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of companies that make them now. There's companies all over the place that make them. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. I've had good results with a Go Hunt vest. Um... That, that I got a, oh, maybe two seasons back at this point. 
They also make some heated gloves. Now, the heated gloves I was really skeptical about because I'm like, how are you going to be able to shoot with these big bulky gloves on? Are they really going to keep my fingers warm? You know, if it just heats my palm, is that really going to affect my fingers? Well, some of them now, like Go Hunt Vest, they make heated gloves. And the gloves are really, really warm by themselves. And they have uh, heating pads in every single finger. And so they warm all five of your fingers and they have one on the, the, the meat of your hand. And so that is really nice if you're going to be using, you know, regular kind of gloves out there. And then they have a, uh, the, the, the trigger finger has a little cutout so you can pop your trigger finger out of the big thick part of the mitt and pull the trigger and have perfect sensitivity like a liner glove. And so that works actually a lot better than I was expecting. Now, something like that works really good for deer hunting, not so good for bird hunting. Bird hunting, you never know when you're going to have to pull up a shotgun, aim up, and take a shot at a moment's notice. Whereas deer hunting, you almost always have that second or two to get your finger out, get it in position. It's quiet. It's silent. There's virtually no movement to it. And so it works really good for the deer hunter uh, because of that. And so those kind of gloves, I've always struggled with gloves. I really have. Keeping the hands warm has always been a struggle. And so what I've landed on at this point is either using the heated gloves or the hand warmer muff. And I think the heated gloves have some serious advantages because you can keep your hands on your gun, which is kind of a big deal. And... Uh, and all of that. Now, hand warmer muff has its use. I use that maybe more for waterfowl hunting. Um, but, you know, where that extra movement of pulling your hands out is not so big of a deal. But it all depends. It all depends on your situation and circumstances. Of course, the heated gloves aren't cheap, but then neither are good gloves. And so you got to wonder, okay, they're not cheap, but you know, good gloves are going to cost as much or more. You know, you're not spending more for the heated gloves with the quality of glove that you get. At least not for these ones. I'm sure there's cheap garbage ones out there. But the Go Hunt Vest, I think they renamed the company at some point, the Heated Hunter. That's it. They renamed the company the Heated Hunter. They started out just making vests and they just called the company Go Hunt Vest. And then they started adding other stuff and they were like, oh, it sounds dumb if Go Hunt Vest is selling heated gloves. So I think they renamed the company Heated Hunter. They're not sponsoring this episode. I'm just, I've just used some of their stuff and, and, and it's worked out well. But these gloves were particularly nice. They're the, they're the most memorable point. And so... Um, like I said, lots of people make them. And so the bottom line with all this heated gear, what I've come down to is this. If you use the right gear, the right layers, the right setup for your hunting style and location, you probably don't need heated gear most of the time. Now, when you're hunting the coldest of the cold days, or if you're trying to save a layer or two, or if you're in places with wild temperature swings, that is where the heated gear can really give you uh, an advantage. If it's negative 20 and windy and you're deer hunting in Canada, 
then you know what? Some heated vests, some heated gloves, heated socks, heated everything you could put on is probably going to help you as long as you're not compromising layers, right? Having the heated jacket as an outer layer is not going to do it. You need a full parka. And so wearing a vest under that is probably going to be the best option. But they're making heated all kinds of stuff these days. And so in specific niche situations, this can be a really good option for people. It's not cost prohibitive. All right. Well, at least compared against other premium hunting gear. A lot of this heated stuff is cheaper than some of your premium brands. So it's not like you're paying Sitka prices and more for heated gear. Most of the time it's going to be less. Um, of course, I don't know, unless Sitka comes out with some heated gear this season, which I could certainly see them doing. And then I will just, you know, get together and laugh at the astronomical prices that that's going to sell for. Uh, it's probably somehow worth it to somebody, but um, most of the time it's not that expensive. I mean, you might spend 80 or 100 bucks for a good vest. You might spend 100, 150 bucks for some good gloves, but you're going to spend that for good gloves that aren't heated. You're going to spend that for a good vest that's not heated. So the heated gear is really not cost prohibitive um, compared to other gear. Often it's cheaper, um, but beware of the cheap stuff also. The cheaper it is, you know, how long is it going to last? I don't know, maybe forever. Is it going to work good, period, though, even on day one? Hard to say. Look up reviews wherever you can. Try to figure that out. But bottom line, the average hunter and the new hunter probably don't need it. But people hunting in specific situations, trying to save a layer or two, trying to be a little more versatile, covering ground, those kind of folks, this could be a good tool for you. So I'm not necessarily recommending heated gear, but there are times where I think it is a good addition to the gear setup. I will continue using some of the stuff that I have, probably not all of it, um, but you never know. Every day, every, every weather forecast, you think, okay, what's going to be the best gear to meet that? And it's good to have some of these pieces in your gear library. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I'd love it if you head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with comments, the number one way to help grow the channel. But till next time, God bless you. Oh, and don't forget about Aura. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Click Aura. Where was I? Signing off. God bless you and go get them in the woods. Wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.